are listening to Fast Track Podcast, the place to be to fast track your personal finance or fast track your business or both. Through a series of conversations with those who have learned it, done it, and made it. Today, my guest is Alexis. She is a founder and director at Management Mindfulness and founder at Human Leaders, launching in 2022. And she is qualified with a business management and entrepreneurship degree, masters in organizational psychology, practitioner certification in mindfulness and cognitive behavior therapy. Not only that, she has wide experience around the world, and she's driven by the purpose of seeing business embrace a new way of being, a way that prioritizes creating authentic, intentional, and mindful organizations where all employees feel seen, valued, and heard. In this episode, I'm going to ask her what human leadership is. The best leadership practices and how to develop human leadership skills. Welcome to Fast Track Podcast, Alexis. So honored to have you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be catching up with you, Yasia. It's a delight. Thank you. All the way from Australia, and now here, I mean, Switzerland is really like a super long distance between us. But thanks to technology, now we can have this opportunity to have this great conversation about human leadership, which is your area of expertise. So let's start with the first question for our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, why you're interested in this、uh, domain? Yeah, absolutely.、Um, I guess to understand why I'm interested in human leadership is to probably understand a little bit more of my career history. Um, I actually started by studying a bachelor of business back when I was, I guess, seventeen years old. I started university,、um, and um, I studied management and marketing within that. So my first real graduate jobs in the first probably five or six years of my career were spent in the corporate marketing industry.、Um, and to be honest, I really felt like. This industry, in a lot of ways, commoditizes people.、Um, not to demonize all companies in this space, but it was all about billable hours and your ability to generate revenue, etc. And it was really, really exhausting.、Um, and I found that a, some of the companies I were working for would offer sort of or pay lip service rather to well-being initiatives like offering gym memberships and these sorts of things. And ultimately. Through a number of different、um, experiences in my career, really young, working in again corporate marketing for different companies, working for one of Australia's leading、uh, news and advertising companies. By the time I was twenty-five, I actually significant、uh, suffered from a pretty significant burnout sort of episode,、um, and I guess it led me to more of like an existential questioning of like, why am I doing what I'm doing if I'm so unhappy and everything is. Just around a paycheck, and the companies I'm working for really have no interest in my well-being or even in myself as a human. So I took some time out and travelled for a few years.、Um, found myself in Europe, in Asia,、um, and then ended up in Canada, which I was extremely fortunate to land a management job for the company Patagonia.、Um, and Patagonia is one of, I guess, the world's leading. Uh, sustainably producing garment brands,、um, and it was the first time in my career that I'd ever felt like 
I was working for a company that truly walked the walk when it came to their ethos and truly understood the importance of prioritizing human beings and the environment in their triple bottom line, not just profit. Um, and it was also my first time managing a team of about 20 staff. So I guess this culmination was realizing how difficult it was to lead people, truly lead human beings, um, and identifying that I needed to really work on myself to be a better leader, to be capable of doing that. But then also feeling held and supported by a company that really did value me and the journey I was on as a leader. So that was kind of my first experience in being led differently and really feeling like we could do business differently. And it led me down a path of studying mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, and then later my master's in organizational psychology. And so for the past few years now, I've been using that experience and those skills to consult with um, businesses and also run micro learning courses for other leaders around the world. So that's what's really brought me to here, to human leaders. And I'd say it's really a culmination of my personal experience, both the good, the bad, and the really ugly of leadership, and seeing that we can lead differently. That has really set the wheels in motion for me in wanting to do something bigger and mobilize more leaders to start prioritizing humans first in business. Well, I like this story a lot because only when you start to experience something yourself and then you find out what you truly believe in. So now you are doing something that actually you are truly passionate about and you experience personally and you want to help the others. I want to start with a sensitive question about human leadership. You talk about you went through the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the bad examples of leadership? Yeah, you know, I guess to not highlight any one human being, a lot of the things that I find typically difficult um, for employees um, in their experience with leaders are leaders that have low self-awareness and low EQ. For me, there are two critical things when we are to lead others. We must first become really aware of ourselves and ourselves in many avenues, aware of our values, aware of our personal vision, aware of our behavior patterns, how they affect how we lead and affect those around us, you know, aware of our communication skills, aware, again, of EQ, how our emotions affect our ability to lead and our ability to manage particularly under stress, et cetera, and how all of these things play an impact in the cohesion that we can drive as a leader or that we can completely destroy if we allow poor behavior um, to kind of run rampant in ourselves and in our organization. So, I mean, take those examples of leaders where they, for instance, might say things with absolutely no, um, you know, prior thinking around how that might affect another person. There's none of that, like, perceptual awareness, no empathy, um, and perhaps being really results orientated. So not viewing the whole human being for me is something that we know is a massive area where leaders fall down is not providing recognition and acknowledgement to staff. Um, So I've worked for leaders as well as part of a team that love to take the credit for the achievement of the team and those sorts of things. So I think again, to not highlight any one individual as being the archetype of a poor leader, but leaders who lack self-awareness, lack 
emotional intelligence tend to be those who show up in ways that are self-validating, egotistical, and quite often really destroy the relationships and the trust um, that they have with their teams. So if you're being led by a leader like that, there's a really good chance that they haven't done that work on themselves to really understand themselves first so that they can then understand their shortcomings and their strengths as a leader and how they need to be showing up to get the best from the people around them. Right. So what you meant is that the leader is not just the, someone in the position, in the management position, but also need to show that they care about their team members, uh, care about the team members feeling, care about the team members achievement, and also they themselves are aware of how their own behaviors can impact on their team members positively or negatively. Yeah, that is absolutely spot on. Leadership has nothing to do with the title and everything to do with the behaviors that we choose to exhibit in that role and how we choose to show up. And as you said, it's really about caring for the whole human. That's what human leadership is about. It's about acknowledging that first we're humans, second we're leaders and prioritizing that in how we conduct ourselves in business for sure. Um, now you mentioned about like first human, second leaders. Can you explain to us what exactly is human leadership? How is it different from, let's say, the leadership, what we usually understand as it is, you know, what is leadership? I think when I was in corporate leadership is your ability to influence people. They want to follow you willingly. Um, but now it's like human leadership. I think it's something different. Absolutely. And I guess the latest iteration of leadership that many people prescribe to is transactional leadership. And that is really this idea of fostering people to be the best versions of themselves so they can be future leaders as well. But human leadership is really leading as our authentic selves. So it's, again, this first piece of understanding ourselves, we must have the vulnerability to understand ourselves, the good, the bad, and the areas for work. Human leadership is also having the empathy to understand others and the courage to take radical responsibility for how we show up, both in life and leadership. And I think that's something really critical that I'd like to bring through when we talk about human leadership is it's not just about what we do in the office or what we do at work. Our life and our work are inextricably linked, and we really need to, as human leaders, start understanding how the two interact and affect one another. And so I think this is a really critical component to understand as a human leader and take radical responsibility for how we spend our lives is how we'll show up at work, um, et cetera. So for me, that's how we define human leadership at Human Leaders, and that's really the leadership style that we're trying to cultivate. I really like the first point where you mentioned about first being authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, I oftentimes talk to some friends or some even other people who um, experience burnout is that at workplace, they cannot be who they are because they try to fit in. There's a corporate culture or there's a um, onset like code of conduct that they have to behave accordingly, but they cannot be themselves. So every single day they have to put on a mask, go to the office and over a long run, it's kind of depressing. It's like, you, it's like a battle inside who you are versus who you need to be during the day. Uh, and then, because that's, that's why people cannot be authentic self. If you're authentic being, 
being you, who you are. And even at workplace, it just feels so natural, right? You don't need to make extra, extra efforts or putting extra energy, try to behave differently. So I really like the point number one, what you talk about. Yeah, you're so right. And imagine if we were able to divert that energy and that anxiety that people suffer from having to put on a charade to go to work every day and would channel that through into how they work. Imagine if people were allowed to just show up as their authentic selves, how much more productive, how much more enjoyable, how much more creative would people be if that energy that was being wasted in managing themselves at work to meet an expectation was saved somewhere else. And I think it's this concept of integration, right? And human beings need to feel integrated we don't want to feel like we have to leave parts of ourselves at home at work and for me as you mentioned your friends suffering burnout that was exactly my experience in that corporate environment I felt like when I walked into the office there was a standard of myself that needed to show up and that meant hiding and shaming almost parts of myself because they weren't um, appropriate for the office or they weren't worthy of being at the office or um, perhaps they wouldn't be palatable for my colleagues and for my um, managers. So, I mean, it's in it, in its like most basic format, it's quite an awful feeling. And it's my hope that people don't feel this way at work um, quite simply. So I think this ability to, to recognize the human being in ourselves as leaders and cultivate that authenticity through self-compassion towards ourselves makes us, far more capable of creating a safe space for other people to do the same. I can also imagine that as a leader, if you are being yourself, if you are being authentic, your team member can feel that. So that will make them feel safe. That will make them feel comfortable, say whatever they want to say or behaving a way that being themselves. And then, like you said, channel the energy into their work rather than spending time and energy on figuring out, should I say that? Should I do that? Should I, did I do something wrong? Totally, totally. And that's just a fundamental in trust, right? Like we can't really fully feel like we can trust people until we've seen them, seen the whole them. And, you know, many of us have probably experienced this in our personal lives when we have close friends that over time, as we build trust in our relationship, We learn more and more about them and we learn things about them that maybe they feel shame about uh, bringing up to people that they haven't got that trust with. So it, I mean, it's, it's the same, we're human beings, right? And this is the thing, this, how we, what we need, our innate human needs still translate to what we need in the workplace. We need to feel integrated and whole in the workplace and we need to feel safe enough to show up as our authentic selves and, and, know that there's no interpersonal risk when we um, share ideas or say something that might be viewed as silly. We need to know that there's a safe space there for us. And so um, you're so right. And it's so critical. And we could save so much energy um, in ourselves and in our employees by creating that safe space for them. And in my other area of work, I often work in this tech startup space. um, And Mm -hmm. what I have observed that Many people, they come from um, a background that they are specialized in either software development, meditech, or different expertise, right? And then they come in to start this company and be in a leadership position. What kind of advice would you give it to them with someone who did not study management, who 
did not learn this business management skills, and now in a in a position to lead a team of people, and they need to grow the company. Where can they start? Really, really good question. And why I like this question is because we find ourselves so often in this position, right? People with technical expertise ending up in management positions because they're the best technically qualified person at their job. But the problem with that transition, as you've already highlighted, is we may or may not lack a lot of the interpersonal skills required to actually step from a technical role into a leadership role. So I think the first key thing for any leader to do, whether they're a young leader, a new leader, a really technically qualified leader that is only leading people for the first time, is to understand yourself. So really understand what you value and your vision for self, because this becomes how you lead authentically. Again, it comes back to this idea of knowing ourselves well enough to understand how it is we show up in our full power. So if there is, and again, in my personal experience, stepping into a leadership role for the first time, I thought, oh, well, a leader has to act like this, or a leader has to behave like this, or these are these are the archetypes of influential leaders. And that didn't feel natural for me. And so I wasn't actually able to lead to my full capacity because, again, I was wasting time and energy trying to be something that wasn't authentic to myself. So I would say for any leader, that is the first place to start. What do you value and how do you want to lead? What feels authentic for you? Something else that I would say is really critical for all leaders is to just admit what you don't know. That is fine. And as we step into a leadership role from things like technical experience or, you know, in fintechs where, as you said, these guys have amazing software development skills, but perhaps have never had the opportunity to develop their interpersonal skills, know that that's okay. That is a huge opportunity for growth for you. And admitting that and allowing the capacity for yourself to grow in that space is actually a huge opportunity. And I think too many people with technical expertise sometimes like to try and hide things close to their chest to, to, I guess it's an egoic thing to not show weakness or not show their maybe, um, you know, not yet well-honed interpersonal skills, but that's okay. Everyone has to start somewhere. And I think entering that domain from a place of curiosity and growth will be way more powerful for you to actually develop yourself than it will be to try and pretend you already know everything. Um, and as such, sort of go about it as a bit of a bull in a china shop. So I'd say that's probably the two key things to do if that is your first leadership role. Understand your special source, what makes you a great leader and what feels authentic to you. And approach the things that you don't know or the things that are uncomfortable with curiosity and see where there's room for you to grow there and ask for help you know find a mentor um, a senior leader who's done you know has been in this role for a lot longer perhaps some training on interpersonal skills all these things are really critical to your growth and I think the more you approach that with curiosity the more it becomes an opportunity and not a threat to your leadership right so it's to actually um what you talk about is to have the right, right mindset, to be open, to learn and explore what you don't know yet, rather than saying, or rather than not admitting that you don't know, right? Um, totally, oh, totally. And this point is so funny because I, I thought when people ask me if there's a book that you can give it to anybody, which book you would give it to, uh, which book would you choose? I would say, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holidays. 
because oftentimes the ego, like our ego, right, is preventing us from growing, preventing us from knowing more, preventing us seeing our blind spot. And which is to your second point is, you know, stay curious, don't try to hide what you don't know, don't try to hide your weakness. I think that's ego. If you recognize your ego and just, you know, don't care about it, be open, show your weakness, show your vulnerability, people won't think you are a bad leader. They appreciate it more, right? You are being yourself. Everybody has its own weakness. Absolutely. And you're so right. Ego is an absolute killer here because it really does diminish our capacity to look for where we might be able to grow. And as you mentioned, we all have this. And I guess the key thing and one of the key messages that I so often remind leaders of is it is okay to feel uncomfortable. We need to start getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable and it can be painful in the first instance, to admit something that we don't know or to admit weakness because our ego is designed to protect us. It's designed to keep us safe. And if this isn't something that you've ever explored before, your ego is going to be screaming at you to not admit weakness or to not admit vulnerability or to say, I don't know the answer to that and to be curious to learning. Um, It's going to feel really, really comfortable. But that's another key thing in leadership is to cultivate the capacity to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's absolutely critical that we're able to do that. Yeah, and being uncomfortable means you are growing. You are not in your comfort zone. And when you start to get comfortable with it, which means you already master it, and then to you know, find something else that you feel uncomfortable with, that's then, again, it's area for growth. And so tell us a little bit about your coaching, how you help, let's say, those people, who step up in a leadership position coming from a technical background. What is the process look like? How you're going to help them to develop human leadership skills? Yeah, so the human leaders platform in of itself actually isn't about myself and my coaching. It's actually a peer-to-peer learning platform, which is really, really exciting because the research published by Deloitte in 2021 actually tells us that Leaders learn better with and through others, both inside their organization and outside. And through the pandemic, we've really seen a reduction in funding in organizations getting their leaders leadership development training. And actually there's only $1 in every 10 spent on management and frontline management versus C-suite management. So it tells us there's a real disparity between the leaders who need this development the most and their access to funding in getting that. So Human Leaders is a platform where leaders can actually access leadership development resources on a subscription base. So it makes it affordable to the individual. So whether or not they're supported by their organization, they're still able to access these leadership development resources. So what we do in this platform is actually, again, it's a peer-to-peer learning community, but every month we run monthly leadership challenges on a really incremental basis using behavioral science to help us drive change in our habits in a really bite-sized chunk. That's one critical component of the platform. The other component of the platform, which is really exciting, is our expert-led webinars. So we, every month, bring various experts into the fold on the platform to deliver some of the latest evidence-based research around various leadership trends that we need to be firstly cognizant of, but how that affects our leadership and how we need to adapt. 
So we've developed a nine dimension human leadership framework that looks at ourselves and how we show up and understand ourselves. It looks at how we interact um, and I guess our, how others perceive us. And lastly, it looks at how we take responsibility for ourselves, both in life and leadership. So all of the components of the platform, the live sessions, the challenges will all fit and cater to one of these nine dimensions. So it's actually a really exciting self-directed learning platform. So leaders can come in and do an assessment, understand where their needs lie for development, and then they can access the resources directly based on what their needs are. So we're really trying to push a different way of leadership development. We know that traditional management consultancy and organizational change initiatives fail at a rate of around 70%. And they're also extremely costly to organizations. And as I mentioned earlier, quite often they don't involve the middle management and the frontline management who are the guys that need it the most. They're the ones working with the frontline employees who, as we know, are leaving our organizations during the great resignation in droves. So what we're really trying to do is reimagine how leadership development is delivered and make this accessible to every leader, whether they have a leadership title or not, but who want these resources and want to grow themselves in human leadership. So that's, um, yeah, that's really how the platform functions. And uh, in January of 2022, we'll be officially launching. And we have the first quarter of incredible guest experts lined up, including Louise Evans, who has delivered fantastic TED Talks on nonviolent communication. And again, understanding yourself and She's so fantastic at pointing out how the ego mind can really derail our communication and things like that. So that's just a little bit about the platform and some of our speakers, but that is really how we're trying to change this paradigm of management consultancy to be more accessible and more affordable. Right. I really see this as so valuable, especially for small companies, startups, even SMEs. So also, of course, big companies, because big corporates, they have so much budget, right? They're dedicated to employee development, dedicated to leadership program, but for companies, as you mentioned, like with less budget, and this is a great platform for everybody to learn and develop their human leadership skills. Um, so in January, it's going to be launched. How can people register or how can they participate? Is it open to anyone around the world? Yeah, great question. And I really like when you mentioned this idea of SMEs and startups with perhaps less budget for training. Um, and and that, that was something that was really pertinent to me, um, you know, having worked as a consultant for a while, um, you know, so being self-funded in my business, also working in SME organizations and seeing the kind of uh, training budgets that SMEs have. It was really, really important to me that we make something accessible for them. So by by delivering this in a platform format on a subscription basis, it really allows us to get that awesome scalability of, of being able to have this at an affordable price for so many SME organizations, individual leaders. So we're not about, again, bringing people into the fold that have a leadership title. I could care less and the professionals in this network could care less about your title. The community that we're trying to cultivate here are those of us who are conscious and keen and ready to start driving better business through being better humans and being better leaders as a result. So we're really trying to cultivate a really conscious community of people that are committed 
to showing up and doing the work on themselves to be the change that they wish wish to see in business. So we are a fully open um, peer-to-peer learning community for anyone around the world. We have members currently from the USA, from Canada, um, from Saudi Arabia. We have a few members joining us from Egypt, which is really exciting. Um, Germany, France. So we, we, we're so excited to connect with people all over the world. And I think what's been so fantastic and also, I guess, exciting, but also maybe saddening in a way is that this these issues we're having in leadership are obviously transcending geographical borders and cultural borders as well. Like I'm seeing the same issues in so many countries that I've had no experience with. And my experiences in Australia are resonating with people in the Egyptian banking sector and are resonating with fintechs in Canada. So there's just something, this is a human human level need that we're trying to cater to here. We're really trying to bring humanness through in business. And it's beautiful that there's a global community getting behind this. So we're really open to anyone from around the world to join the platform. um, You just need to go to www.wearehumanleaders.com and you can subscribe. If you have an organization and you would like to subscribe multiple employees to the organization, you can also just reach out to us via email, which is on the web page, and we can discuss that as well. Fantastic. And there's a bonus point to that is that since you mentioned there are so many different people coming from all around the world. And nowadays, uh, you know, oftentimes people are deployed to another country to run the business, right? And then of course there's a cultural issues, there's a cultural shock. And uh, you can read all articles online about how to pay attention to this and that, but maybe this is also a great place for people to learn from other leaders who are from that country and to learn in the business environment, you know, what are the things you can um, pay attention to, what are the, you know, behavior etiquette, I think it's a great platform. Uh, people can learn from each other, cross borders, cross different expertise of domain. And then it's, it, to me, it sounds like a community of uh, leaders with growth mindset and also like a bigger mastermind group. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that because it, it feels idealistic at this point, but that's really what we're trying to build here is a global community of people who want to see this change and are willing to put their hand up and be a part of the change. And Sort of listening to you then speak about um, how this we're able to learn from one another cross-culturally as well. I think what's really, really cool is seeing how other cultures or companies across the world actually solve the same problems that we have. Um, that innovation process is really sped up because in many ways, you know, the issues we're having here in Australia around the Great Resignation very much of the issues they're suffering from in the US and from Canada. So we can actually see what other industries, what other leaders are doing and how they're tackling these issues and kind of fast track our learning process and bring some of that back to how we're conducting ourselves in our leadership and in our businesses as well. So there, there's there's no downside at this moment that I've uh, so far experienced from this global think tank that we're creating. Yeah, yeah, it's good for the leaders, good for the employees, good for the business overall. I think I really like um, this idea. So thank you so much for being here, Alexis. Um, make sure that we leave the website in the show notes. And also you left, uh, We Are Human Leaders has an Instagram page. We'll also leave that in the show notes for the audience. If you are individual, if you're running a small business, and if you're interested in developing leadership skills, 
uh, be a human leader, check out their website and I hope you can benefit a lot from it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to chat. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fast Track Podcast. Show me your support by liking this episode and sharing it with a friend. Join the Facebook group at Fast Track Podcast One, or you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course the homepage FastTrack.life. See you in the next episode.